This is this is this is the Bottom Bends podcast. Oh yeah! Hello and welcome back to the Bottom Bends podcast. Very special episode for you today. Just taking a short break from our top twelves and top fifteen lists to come at you today with our awards for the end of the season. Um, like the most clubs, episode as well, and the fiftieth episode of the Bottom Bends podcast. Yes. Um, I think first of all, folks, before we even start the episode, we just want to say that um, it's been a really fun journey um, thus far. Um, actually, it's crazy to think that we are, you know, 50 episodes in now. Um, so we just want to thank all of you um, for, for listening to us, even if you've only heard one episode, two episodes, if, even if you've only seen a couple of our reels um, or seen some of our, our posts on social media. We just want to thank you for any interaction that, that, that we have gotten. Um, we want to thank you for any lessons that we have gotten. And any really, if you spent any of your time giving us any sort of, you know, ear or eye, whatever it might be. So thank you very, very much. And we hope that for the next 50 episodes that we keep you just as entertained as we hopefully have done for the first 50. Definitely. Um, but moving on, uh, most clubs uh, do have an end of end of season awards night. So we thought we would do a bottom bins end of season award night. Let's here. go! <laughs> so what we're going to be doing for you today, guys, is we're going to be running through our Premier League team of the seasons now that there is only one game week left. Um, we are going to be going through our player of the year, young player of the year. And we're going to be having a, a few awards to give out tonight Um so we'll we'll keep we'll keep some surprises in store for for later on in the episode. But I think best place to do lads is just to start it off with our team of the season. So Oren, do you want to kick us off with your team of the season of and, and your, your your goalkeeper? Yes. So my goalkeeper is uh, Nick Pope. Um, I think he's been absolutely fantastic this season. Um, it shows when Newcastle have been uh, guaranteed top four. He came to Newcastle from Burnley for the small fee of only. Ten million pounds, and uh, yeah, he's he's been absolutely phenomenal. We knew he was a good goalkeeper at Burnley, but he's really showcased his skills. Um, show, shows he can do it at the top level. Um, and I think injuries have just kind of hindered him on the international stage. But I think, um, once he comes back, uh, fully fit, he'll be their number one goalkeeper in my opinion. Yep, Connor. Uh, yep. So I went with Allison. Uh, he's on, he makes three saves per game. He's I think he's one of the top keepers in the world. One v one. He's up there with, I would say, De Gea is one of the best, not only in the Premier League, but in Europe. Um, I've seen his stat as well. He saved the team 10 or 11 goals. He hardly really makes that many errors. Just all around brilliant. I'd agree that Pope has been very good. He was my mid-season one, but yeah. Alisson for Liverpool has been superb. Without him, I don't know where they would be because defensively they got worse, so he's had to really, really step up. Mm-hmm. And um, He's 14 clean sheets as well in a team that is very poor defensively. So I, th- I think he's the best keeper maybe in the world so that's why he's my team of the season I think they're both good shouts lad um, yeah. I can't really disagree with either of you on them I think they are two excellent goalkeepers um, for myself just personally I've gone with Davidea um, I know it is probably cliche mm. picking the, the guy with the most clean sheets um, but look he is the golden glove winner he has made some terrific saves for Man United this season. Yes, I know he's maybe not the more modern goalkeeper or the most complete goalkeeper, but I think just in terms of you know shot stopping and keeping United in games this season, I think there is a reason he has 17 clean sheets. He has pulled out some really, really vital saves at, at really key and vital moments of the season. So for me, yes, I think Pope's a good goalkeeper and I think Allison's a good goalkeeper, but my goalkeeper of the season is David De Gea. That controversial because he's conceded so many goals. He's yeah. the most. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the, the only stat that really hurts him is like he's created or the most errors leading to goals. Yeah, yeah. Dead. But, but I do agree he's a good keeper. But modern ways, maybe not the best passer. Uh, but you know what? Yeah, he, he won the. Golden he won the goal. Yeah. yeah, he won the golden goal. Um, my right back, and I think everybody's right back should be. And if it's not, I'm going to say you're wrong. To be honest, it's Kieran Trippier. Um, he is absolutely fantastic. He has uh, revitalised that Newcastle team, not just this season, but last season when he came in in January. Um, you know, he joined Newcastle when they were still relegation threatened and he, he really brought them up the table last season. And again, just the same with Pope. Got them into the top four, first time in Europe in years and years and years. And uh, he's been a brilliant captain for them. He's providing um, goals and assists from right back. Um, he's He's... A testament to Eddie Howe's Newcastle and the way they play with progressive fullbacks and with progressive centre-backs. 
Um, and yeah, he's been an absolute bargain signing from £15 million from Atletico Madrid. Yeah, it just has to be Trippier, as you said. Like creative wise, he's he's one of the best back or full backs in the league. Um, seven assists just behind Trent. Uh, I think defensively he's really improved since he's went to Atletico Madrid and came back. Um, and he, it's just an easy one, isn't it? It's probably the easiest, one of the easiest picks yeah. in the team. Obviously, strikers probably the easiest, but uh, Trippier like defensively, Newcastle's one of the best teams in the league, and I think he's he's part of that. Yeah, I completely agree, lads. Um, I can't say much more other than what you've already said, to be honest, yeah, but it, yeah. it has to be Kieran Trippier. Yeah. yeah. Um, the first of my two centre-backs, um, I went for Lissandro Martinez of Manchester United. Um, I know he's been injured for the last wee while, um, but in terms of impact and defensive stability, he has improved Manchester United ten times over. Um there is a major, major difference whenever Martinez is playing for United and whenever he's not playing for United. Um, he's a leader, he's a warrior, um, and everybody wrote him off at the start of the season, including Jimmy Carragher, um, who I've seen has uh, recently apologised as well. Um, yeah, he's been absolutely fantastic for United. A brilliant signing, because to be honest, whenever we were linked with Yuri and Timber all summer and we got Martinez, I was thinking, mm, we've got the second choice, but... Uh, I'm more than happy with that second choice, to be honest. I think he's, uh, in my opinion, one of the best centre-backs in the world. And he, he had to go into my team this season. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so I went with Ruben Diaz. I just think when he went back into the side around uh, October time, and especially after the World Cup, City just reached another level, especially defensively. Um, you know, he's a leader in the team. Uh, you hear them talking about that, like Pep's talking about him being a real leader for that team. High standards. They're on. Unbe- I think they've only lost one game this season when he's been in the team, and they've been unbeaten since February. So, and he he is a big reason for that. Uh, they've conceded the least amount of goals in the Premier League, uh, and just really good in the air, just all around, just one of the best defenders in the Premier League. Yeah, um, I have also went Ruben Diaz as well. Um, I know earlier on this season, I, I in one of our like very very first episodes, I actually said I thought that uh, Ruben Diaz was actually quite overrated, um, but. Having watched City quite closely now these last few weeks, especially, yeah. um, he is ridiculously good. Um, <clears throat> he is so solid at the back, so comfortable on the ball. He's key to everything that Man City do coming out from the back. Um, you know, normally that comes down to your fullbacks, but it's actually him. He's the one that seems to want to take um, take that responsibility upon his head. I agree with Connor completely. He's a total leader um, in that City side, and he makes them so much stronger yeah. at the back. I. I th- I, I don't think you can have a team of the season and not have uh, yeah. Ruben Diaz on it. They're a lot more organised as well. You can see that with his leadership. Like. Yeah. Well, I do have a team of the season and Ruben Diaz is not in it. Um, <laughs> not because I don't think he's been good. I think he's been unreal. Um, I just think in terms of impact for my personal team of the season, I went with Levi Caldwell of Brighton. Um, which I know people would be thinking Saliba or whatever, but um, I went for Caldwell. Caldwell's been absolutely fantastic. And I could have went for Lewis Dunk as well. Um First time in Brighton's history ever getting to European football and they're in, go, going to the Europa League next year, um, which is absolutely phenomenal for them. Uh, this is a team that, yes, they've progressed in the last few years, um, but they usually are a mid-table t- a team struggling with relegation as well. Um, but Potter brought them uh, back up, up the table and even since he's left, uh, Roberto Cesarbe has brought them to absolute new heights. He's been absolutely fantastic. Brighton have been fantastic and uh, as a loan deal um, from Chelsea... They've been looking to make up permanent, and he's been absolutely fantastic for them. Yep, so I went with Botman. Um, I just think he's been unbelievable this season. 23 years of age, part of the Newcastle side that kept 14 clean sheets, only conceded 32 goals. Really good on the ball. I think that's one thing we're seeing with all these centre backs we're choosing. They're really good on the ball. You have to be in today's game. Yeah. Um, he's six foot four, so presence in the air as well. Maybe he doesn't get any goals this season, but. Still a threat. He's a great tackler of the ball or tackler. Interceptions, he's up there. He's one of the highest in the league. He can just play in a high line, play deep. He's just, I just think he has been unbelievable this season. 35 million, but totally worth it. And he's changed Newcastle, got them to the Champions League for the first time in 20 years. Mm. And he's a key part of that. Um, for so for my team of the season, I have actually gone for the his centre back partner as my second centre back. I've gone Fabian Shaw, and the only reason I've taken Shaw over um, Botman is just 
I think Shaw also gives um, Newcastle an element of attack as well as defence. I think he is one of the most progressive centre-backs in the Premier League. Um, his goal-getting ability, his assist-creating ability as well, I think is something that really other teams in the Premier League might want to look at Shaw and think that's maybe the mould of centre-back that we would like to have going forward. Um, like I think Shaw is maybe like the finished version of what Martinez could be. Mm-hmm. Uh, like that's how I envision Martinez looking in, in a few seasons' time. Um, because I just think see this season, I think Shaw has just been unbelievable, yeah, absolutely yeah, unbelievable. I think he's really, really been unplayable. But I think every centre back that we've nominated today has has had a worthy shout. a good season. Yeah. Um, and it's like you said, Connor, they do all have one thing in common, like they're all very, very comfortable on the ball. Yeah. But that's just the way football's going. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to play out from the back now and that's why these these sort of moulds of centre backs is what we're seeing now in today's game. So yeah, my, my second centre back is uh, Fabian Shaw. Yeah. They're all good shouts. Like there's I don't think there's anything that's been said so far that doesn't deserve to be in a team of the season. Um, my left back, uh, pretty obvious, I've, I've ranted about him all season, is uh, Purvis Estupignan um, of Brighton. Um, can't say too much more about him than what I've already said. He's up and down the lane for 90 minutes. He'll give you 100% of his energy. He provides goals, assists. He is one of their main attacking threats. And with Matoma on the left-hand side, they're like interchanging. Uh, dynamic has been absolutely fantastic under Roberto De Zerbe. Um, and look, I haven't much more to say about him, but... He's been absolutely fantastic since signing from Villarreal. Yeah, I went for the exact same player. Um, as Orn said, like five assists this year. I think the game against Arsenal, he was unbelievable. He just tore them to shreds um, going forward. But also defensively, uh, he is very, very good. Underrated. Uh, De Zerbi says, or said that he's the complete player. And I, I would agree with that. 15 million from Villarreal. Complete steal. He's come into this spot for Cucurella. And, he, and he's better than Cucurella, let's be honest. Um just, just a complete pl- player, tackling interceptions, going forward as passing. Just a top, top left back. Definitely. Uh, I've gone a wee bit different. Um, I've gone Luke Shaw. Um, and I know he has, maybe hasn't played the same number of games at left back this year as we're accustomed to seeing. But I just think when Luke Shaw plays left back for Manchester United, I don't think there's a better left back in the league than him, to be honest. Um, I think his physical attributes help him massively. He's quick. He's strong. He's very physical. He's an excellent defender. I do think um, the one thing about a stupid now, and I'll say, is I think he is easier to get at defensively than what Luke Shaw is. Um, uh, and I still think Shaw offers more going forward than any other left back in the Premier League. And um, especially with the, even the season that Robertson had this year, like Robertson was so off the boil this year. I, I just think, in place of Robertson, I, I think Shaw is the, the outstanding left back in the Premier League. Fair enough, fair, fair enough. Uh, going into midfield, so for my particular team of the season, I've went with a 4-2-4, uh, so I've only got two midfielders, um, and the first one is Martin Odegaard. Um, he's been phenomenal for Arsenal in their title run this year. Um, look, they didn't get it done, but Martin Odegaard was a player that we first heard of when he was 16 years old, and he signed for Real Madrid, and he's really fulfilling his potential. Um, he's the captain of Arsenal, he's been absolutely phenomenal, he can play anywhere across the front three and behind, of course. Um, and he's just been instrumental in, in their success this season. Yeah, he's just um, so obviously I went Odegaard as well. Fifteen goals, seven assists this year. Key player for Arsenal, really, really top talent. Uh, again, he's up for young player and player of the year for good reason. Uh, like he surprised me because Arsenal were kind of it was kind of up in the air whether they're going to buy him or not. But he is a top top player and deservedly in the the team of the season. Um, I've gone four three three for mine. Um, so uh, my defensive midfielder is uh, Casemiro. Um, I I find it very hard to pick between uh, Casemiro and Rodri because they're both just phenomenal at what they do. Um, but the only reason the reason I've taken Casemiro over Rodri this season is just for the uh, number of goal involvements. Um, Casemiro is excellent. I think at being the player to link the rest of United's team. He, he is that driving force sort of midfield to attack. Um, and that's why he's been involved in so many goals and so many assists this year. Um, I think even the goal that he scored at the weekend against Bournemouth, uh, just it's the types of skill like that that show to me that Casemiro is just on a different level to other defensive midfielders. Um, so, yeah, I, I went Casemiro. Yeah, I would have had Casemiro in, in my own team if I went 4-3-3 as well. Um, my other uh, midfielder is Kevin De Bruyne. Um, again, you can't say much more about Kevin De Bruyne. He's world class. He's probably one of the best midfielders in the world, if not the best. 
um, instrumental in yet another title win for Manchester City. Um, his connection with Holland this year has been absolutely phenomenal. And uh, yeah, Kevin De Bruyne is in there with Martin Odegaard. Yeah, so I'm playing like a 4-3-3 as well. So my midfield would be Rodri. Um, I just think he's just influential in that midfield. He plays almost every game. He's kind of like, like he's being compared to Busquets, and I, I can see it because he's so good on the ball as well, defensively superb. He can foul at the right time, get away with the bookings. It's a bit like Fernandinho. Like when Fernandinho left City, it was like, who's going to replace him? Rodri's just stepped in there, and he, I think he is the best defensive midfielder in the world at the minute. But he's just, even in the Champions League, he stepped up, but this season he's hardly missed any games, and he's playing in the best team, and he's been maybe their best player. Hard to argue. Yeah. Um, for my first centre mid, then um, I'm going Odegaard, and again, that's no different to what I what you guys have said. To be honest, I mean, he is quality. Um, he's shown quality this season. Um, as like you said, he's Arsenal's captain. He is a leader, so um, rightly um, deserving of either you know player of the year, young player of the year, deserves that nomination. So um, yeah, Odegaard's my my first centre mid. Yeah. Um, moving on to my right winger, um, I went from Hamid Salah. Um, an underrated season for him, despite Liverpool's struggles. Um, 18 goals and 11 assists in the league this year. Um, terrific numbers. If it was any other right winger, you'd be hearing. Yeah, we'll be talking wax lyrical about them, but we've come to custom. Uh, we've come accustomed to, to these sort of numbers with Mohamed Salah. Um, still an unbelievable player. Um, I do genuinely think that his Liverpool future is up in the air. Um, I think the is a potential that he could leave this summer, whether he does or not, who knows. But um, Look, Liverpool really, really struggled for the majority of the season, and in this last run of form that they've had, Salah's been instrumental in it. Um, and, yeah, he's in my team this season. Yeah, so my other midfielder would be Kevin De Bruyne. Um, like he's 16 assists this season and seven goals. He's over 100 assists now in Premier League history, which is just unbelievable. Just, as you boys know, like how good is he on the ball? Obviously, probably one of the highest football IQs in the world. <laughs> he's just unbelievable, and there's just not much more you can say about him. He's in it like every season. He's probably one of the most consistent uh, midfielders, and will probably go down as one of the best Premier League midfielders ever. Yeah, yeah. My my second centre mid is also Kevin De Bruyne. Um, again, just echoing what Connor said, like he is. I think he's the best midfielder in the world and it's not even close I don't think there's any other midfielder that's in the same bracket as Kevin De Bruyne to be honest um, his vision um, like you said Connor football IQ as well even his goal scoring ability I just think it's unmatched and I think De Bruyne is just in a league of his own to be honest mm-hmm. uh, Moving on to my left winger I went for Marcus Rossford um, so with my wingers I kind of went against the green of Saka and Martinelli um, because I think these other two players have just done it when it mattered to be honest um, Rashford with a lot of goals for, for Manchester United um, he's been absolutely fantastic especially off the back of his first season in the United shirt um, Erickson Hag's really got him cooking he's been playing as a makeshift striker a makeshift right winger and as a left winger all season um, he's never really narrowed down that one role this season uh, because of injuries and uh, lack of squad depth in Manchester United's squad um, but he's been the main man, and he stepped up when needed, um, especially with crucial goals like against Manchester City and Liverpool. Um, yeah, Marcus Rashford's in there for me. Yep. So my right wing would be Salah. Uh, Nineteen goals, eleven assists this season. Only Mbappe and Holland have more goal involvements for their club. I don't think maybe he hasn't been as good as previous seasons. Maybe at taking on players and all that and all that kind of stuff, dribbling. But he finishes, and without him. Again, it's like Allison. Without him, where would they be? He's just such a key player for them. And again, he's so consistent the last three or four years. He has been up there as one of the best players in the Premier League. And I just think he has to be in the team of the season. Um, for my right winger, I've gone with Saka. Um, I just think that obviously Arsenal were top of the league for so long this year. And Saka was undoubtedly one of their two best players, him and Odegaard. So... Um, don't get me wrong I know Salah has had a, a, a really good season but um, I can't I can't place him above Saka over the course of the entire season I don't think he's been better than Saka to be honest so I'm going with Saka Fair enough um, One of my two strikers I've went for well the obvious I've went for uh, Erling Holland. 36 goals and 8 assists in the league this year the most goals ever scored in a Premier League campaign um, 
can't say much about him. He's he's unbelievable. He's unbelievable for such a young fella. Um, he's so strong. He's so comfortable uh, on the ball. Even though he doesn't have the best touch, um, he only needs maybe twelve touches, and he only gets maybe twelve touches in a game. But out of them twelve touches, he's probably got a fucking hat trick. <laughs> um, so yeah, Erling Haaland's my striker. So in left wing, I went with Martinelli. Uh, I think. I had said prior to the World Cup, he was unbelievable. Then he kind of slowed down a bit once he came back. But, you know, after a while, then few months he played, especially when Arsenal were really going well, he was unbelievable, like unplayable. A great finisher can take on, man. He's playing that left wing role, but he kind of is like a... He's played centre forward before. I, I just think for Arsenal, obviously, their three best players have been Saka, Martinelli and Odegaard. And I just think... I think Rashford's up there as well. Just think he's... Rashford's maybe been injured a wee bit. And obviously, Rashford's been a key player for Man United, but... I just think a key a key reason why Arsenal were top for so long was because of how good Martinelli was. Um, for my left wing, I've gone Rashford. Um, I think for a period of about seven, six or seven weeks this season, I think Rashford was probably the best player in world football. Um, and I think when when somebody goes on a run of that kind of form, it's it is sort of hard to overlook them. Um, for a team of the season, but. I did find it difficult to pick between Rashford and Martinelli because they do sort of have similar numbers this season and, and I think that they have both been as good as one another but the only reason I'm going Rashford is I think um, when you look at Arsenal's side this season I would say maybe Martinelli's maybe been like the third maybe the fourth best player in that Arsenal side whereas I think Rashford's undoubtedly been Manchester United's best player this season um, and I think the, the, the biggest reason why we are where we are in the table is largely down to Rashford so um, I'm going Rashford. Uh, for my final player, um, it's my second striker. I've went for Harry Kane. Um, unbelievable for Spurs and, and a shocking Spurs season, to be honest. A, a Spurs season filled with turmoil, and uh, off the pitch and on the pitch. Um, but he's been the shining light through it. Um, 28 league goals this year. Um, and in a normal season without Erling Haaland, that's more than enough to secure the golden boot. Um, and considering the rest of his team has been underperforming, the likes of Hume Son, who he usually has a great connection with on the on the field, and it's usually Kane and Son who have the most um, like goal contributions together. Um, but with the Brian and Holland um, performance so well this year, it was it was always going to be difficult. But Kane has really really come into his own this season, uh, dropping deep more to get the ball. Um, he's he's really showed us a new part of his game as well. Um, so yeah, I, I couldn't overlook Harry Kane. Yeah, just because of my formation, I had to leave Harry Kane out. But as you said, like twenty eight goals in that team, some achievement. But Holland thirty six goals, thirty three appearances. Most in Premier League history, you know, fifty-two goals in all competitions. He also has eight assists. Uh, just an unbelievable player. He won Football Writers Player of the Year, and he's he's probably going to win Player of the Year as well. Just a, an unbelievable player, and that just as you said before, there's just words can't describe how good he has yeah. been this season. Uh, yeah, just because of my formation, um, I can't kick Ian in either, which is a real shame because he has been absolutely phenomenal this year. But uh, my striker's also Haaland. Um, can't say yeah. any more of them, but you guys have already said about him, so <laughs> I think move on. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, for this next segment, then, after our team of the seasons, we are just uh, we have a few individual rewards um, to go through for, for players. So uh, I think, first of all, lads, I'm pretty sure we're all going to have the same player of the year. Erling Haaland. Erling Haaland, yeah. 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 Um, and... What Easy. Connor said two minutes ago suffices for that one. Yeah. Um, young player of the year, then lads. Um, I know we've left him out of my team of the season, so this is going to be a bit controversial. But I've went for Martinelli, Gabriel Martinelli. Uh, Fifteen goals and five assists in the league this year. Uh, Dorman, you wax lyrical about him there now. Talked about his, his contributions for Arsenal, um, and for being such a young player who only really came into the Arsenal fold last year, he's really excelled his game this year. Um, so for me, he's my young player of the year. It's crazy to think that like, a 24-year-old is going to be my young player of the year, but because of the rules, if you're 23 at the start of the year, you could, you're up yeah, for it, so it's got to be Odegaard. You know, 15 goals, 7 assists. You know, he's a leader as well. He's a captain. Um, and a lot of people question that at the start of the year, but he has led by example. You know, underrated defensively as well. You know, he's, I see he's like one of the most pr- pressures in the league. Uh, he's won the most possession back in the final third, and he's just involved in so much good play for Arsenal just a, an unbelievable player as we just talked about he's in all our team of the seasons 
Mm-hmm. Uh, my young player of the year, I think we're going for the trio of Arsenal players. Um, <laughs> I'm going to, uh, Saka again. I just think um, double figures and goals, double figures and assists this season. I think he has taken his, his game to another level. And again, at one point of the season uh, this year, I, th- I think it was unquestionable that Saka was probably the best right winger in, in world football. Yeah. Um, I think the future is very bright for Bukayo Saka. The future is very, very bright ultimately for <coughs> Arsenal as well. Um, but for me, just this year, I think that the young player of the year, um, considering he is only still only 20, 21, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm going to go with Saka. Um, so our next award then is... Oh, sorry, just to clarify as well, folks. Um, if we give somebody one award, they can't win another yeah, award. So yeah. we're trying to make this like as versatile and and different as possible so yeah. it, because Holland and Saka have won player of the year and young player of the year or uh, Martinelli mm-hmm. and Odegaard um, they're not eligible for any other awards within this this series so um, manager of the season then um, manager of the season I went with Unai Emery um, a fellow that I uh, said would not succeed at Aston Villa um, and in terms of cup success I'm still sticking by that for now anyway um, but he's been absolutely vital for Aston Villa mm-hmm. um, he came in when the club was in absolute turmoil under uh, Stephen Gerrard as usual because he's a shape manager um, they were just out of the relegation zone uh, on points difference um, but now they're chasing European football and they're one win away from guaranteed European football it's been absolutely fantastic he is a serial winner um, it's, it's, we've talked so much about him in terms of tactics and setting up for his opposition uh, like on a personal level and yeah even as man management getting some of the players like Ollie Watkins and Wendia and even uh, Leon Bailey and we've talked so much about that midfield in the recent weeks as well he's been vital to Aston Villa's recent success and he's my manager of the year yeah so I went with Eddie Howe again he came in in a tough situation they were sitting in the bottom three last season and this season the expectation was maybe top six he's got them Champions League football uh, defensively they're just really really good Obviously conceded the least amount of goals. He's improved so many players. Um, you know, like boys like Joe Willock, Longstaff, Almiron, maybe not like household names, have all improved under Eddie Howe. You know, even seen it with Wilson, has been playing really well. Uh, Isaac, just an unbelievable manager. And got them to the League Cup final. They were unlucky. They played actually quite well in that final. Mm-hmm. And I think that really hurts him still because he's talking about, you know, winning more. And uh, he's he's done a good balance of you know he didn't bring too many, any players that he brought in have really been good like Botman and Isaac and he's he's done well he's kept a lot of the players he had previously that were in that relegation battle so that just shows how good he is that he can improve them players and I just think Eddie Howe is I think Pep would have been an easy one to say but I think Eddie Howe's achievement to get them Champions League football is unbelievable. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. Um, I think it would have been easy for all of us just to say Pep, but yeah. I just want to go for something a wee bit different um, for this category. So I've actually gone uh, Roberto De Zerbe, um for Manager of the Year. Um, again, I think Arteta is up there with a shout. I think Ten Hag's there with a shout as well this season. I think even the likes like Gary O'Neill at Bournemouth um, is definitely in with a shout too for this, but I've gone De Zerbe. I think whenever Potter left um, Brighton, a lot of people just sort of, maybe the media had sort of written him off and people had gone off. Oh, well, they'll probably just be like a Midland Premier League side now. Um, whereas I think Deserby has come in, taken those foundations that Potter um, established at Brighton and just made them even better. Um, last night, they just qualified for the Europa League for the first time, uh, well, any European football for the mm-hmm. first time um, in the club's history. And and I think the largest part is, comes down to the manager, comes down to Deserby. The way they play football, we kept saying it last night, like they went toe-to-toe with Man City, toe-to-toe. They didn't, they didn't look out of place for one minute of, of that game uh, if anything t- looked like they were the side in the ascendancy um, the football they play the recruitment that, that the club has um, and, and his man management ability to transform some of these players from quite mediocre for being honest into almost Premier League stars like especially the likes of Solly March like the season he has had largely comes down to Roberto De Zerbe. so for me I just think for Getting European football for the first time in the club's history, uh, and I'm going Roberto De Zerbe as the the manager of the year. Can't argue with it. Yeah, can't um, argue with it. So the next category we're going for, lads, is the uh, best signing um, of the season. Um, okay, so my top transfer of the year is Joe Polina of Fulham, um, the 27 year old uh, defensive midfielder who came from Sporting Lisbon for a fee of 12 million pounds. Um, with add-ons, he's been absolutely phenomenal for Fulham in securing. A finish that nobody expected. Um, 
everybody was kind of expecting Fulham to be the yo-yo team that they usually are and go straight back down to the championship. But uh, Marco Silva's done a fantastic job. And for me, Joe Polina, along with the other signings as well, Alex of Willian and Andres Pereira, and um, even with Mitrovic playing probably some of his best football, having not been able to do it in the Premier League before, um, yeah, they've all been vital to the, to the success. Uh, excuse me, but uh, Joe Polina is my, my top transfer of the season. Yep. Um, so I went with a defensive midfielder as well. I went for Casemiro. I think as you'd say, Connor, he's in your team of the season. I think he has been. I think he could have been in my team of the season if he'd just played more, if he hadn't got suspended a few times. But he has changed Man United, especially in midfield, where we used to play Fred and McTominay. Now he can just play that role by himself. And he is, like, even the goal the other day, He, I spoke about that in the previous podcast. This is about Ten Hag had talked about him, how good he is. He didn't expect him to be that good. He was quite underrated at uh, Real Madrid, but he's transformed the team. He's really good on the ball, wins the ball back easily. He's a threat as well for goals. He scored in the Carabao Cup final. He scored the other day. He's just so... It's just a player that Man United have needed for so long, and thankfully we've got him now. And I just I know he was expensive for his age of 30, but he has transformed Man United. I think him, obviously De Gea and Shaw and Rashford have been key for United, but he came to the club and he is, he is a leader as well. He has transformed the midfield. Yeah, I can't disagree with either of these lads. I think they're both excellent, excellent signings this season. Um, for myself personally, um, I know I didn't have him in my team of the season, um, but you did, Connor. It's Sven Botman. Um, the the signing of Botman, I think, has allowed Newcastle to just become so much secu- so much more secure defensively. That partnership between Shaw um, and Botman is probably the best partnership in the Premier League, to be honest. Um He's comfortable on the ball. Um, I think the, the, the one thing that surprised me about Botman is that um, you know he's not necessarily chosen by his, by his national team, which is quite strange. Hasn't chosen once. Yeah, like it's that's yeah, it's strange, strange because yeah. he is a Champions League quality player and really has been one of the best defenders in the Premier League this year. So. And the last two years, and for Lille, he was just can't even speak statistically the best defender in Europe. In Europe, and still wasn't getting selected. So I don't know whether there's some bias against him or whatever, but he's not going to get any bias here, that's for sure. <laughs> he is, yeah. or on bias, sorry, he's not going to get any anything on bias here. He is... Um, he has been absolutely phenomenal this season. He has allowed Newcastle to qualify for the Champions League through just sheer defensive solidity and being top defender. Um, and I, I do think he is a key reason as to why they've qualified for Champions League. So I'm going Sven Botman as my yeah, signing season. He's fantastic. He really is a brilliant defender. There's a reason Newcastle's two centre-backs and their defence as a whole was the best defensive team in the Premier League for so long this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so the natural progression then, lads. Uh, we've had the best signing. Now for the biggest flop um, signing of the season. Yeah, so my flop transfer is uh, a pretty obvious one. Um, I went for Calvin Phillips. Um, so Calvin Phillips, in my own opinion, was uh, a phenomenal CDM for, for Leeds. And I was looking at Man United as well. However, for the fee of between £50 and £60 million, pounds, he went to Manchester City. Um, and he only made his first um, start in the Premier League against Chelsea last week. Um I know he has come in um, to compete with Rodri, which is going to be difficult for any man. Um, but what people don't understand as well is Kelvin Phillips is older than Rodri, so he's not going to have much of a look in as well in the next few years. Um, he's only played 503 minutes of football for Manchester City since signing, which is absolutely ridiculous when you consider the fee that was paid. Um, and yeah, he's just he's been a bit poo-poo. To be honest, <laughs> yeah, it's been bad. <laughs> so my, there's so many players you could have made a team of flops. Yeah, but I'm gonna go with Cucurella. We've said it on the podcast week to week how bad he has been for Chelsea. Even at left back, left centre back, just horrible. He makes so many mistakes. He's not good going forward either. As we talked about these players that are really good at progressing with the ball, he is not one of them. And as a fullback, you need to be good at that, uh, especially in today's game, because uh, he's like I seen he's like in the bottom ten percent in Europe of ball progressing or fullbacks which is just brutal and he even like I remember games where he's just made silly silly mistakes and it's led to goals and as we've said this season that this is one of Chelsea's worst seasons ever he's played 20 he's played 24 games he's injured at the minute but I think that's a good thing because there's already talk of him leaving in the summer and I would not be surprised if he gets booted and as was said about Brighton you know they got a new left back in uh, a quarter of the price and he's far better player. Yeah. So Cucurella just, he had a, as you said, a poo-poo season. <laughs> um, 
I think my flop signing is probably the most poo-poo out of the three. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going Richarlison. Um, don't understand it. Never got it. Never understood the, the, the hype around him. I think he is crap, to be honest. And this season has just proven how crap he is. Um, one goal all year. Um, for for sixty for sixty million quid or sixty five million quid whatever it was, um, wow! What a great player, um, Richarlison is. Wow! Wow! <laughs> what a great player. <laughs> Shout out, Jimmy. Um, but yeah, I just when we're talking poo poo, like I just don't think there's been bigger poo poo than Richarlison this season, and I don't think he's going to get any better. To be honest, I think Spurs would do well to probably just cash in on him now and yeah, get him out. Um, so yeah, Richarlison. Um, so our next category then is best newcomer. So really what we're looking at here is we're looking at sort of academy prospects, you know, guys that made maybe their first appearance in football this season. Um, so, yeah, looking really at those sort of academy prospects that, that have come into to Premier League sides this season. Yeah. Um, I think it is also good for us to point out that there is a lot of these players. We did discuss who we were going to put for each nominee or whatever beforehand. Um, so there is a lot of these players that we would have said as well as maybe me having the same player as Connor or yeah. me having the same yeah. player as Dorman. But um, we'll have tried to make it a bit different so we're not just saying the same thing over and over again. Um, so for me personally, and I think the boys would agree as well, um, I've went for Evan Ferguson. Um, he's been absolutely phenomenal for Brighton this year, 18 years of age. Um, six goals and two assists in the Premier League, which is fantastic for a player of his age. Coming in at such a difficult spell for Brighton whenever they are competing for Europe um, and eventually did get European football and he's a major reason for that. He stepped up when it mattered. Um, in, in terms of Brighton, um, personally I wouldn't say they have a, a an out and out um, striker in their squad really, like a like a, a starting striker in their squad let's say, um, because they're relying on Danny Welbeck, they're relying on Dennis Undov, but I think Evan Ferguson is, I said it yesterday, he's, he's, the, he's the heir to the throne in the Premier League, I think he's going to be one of the Premier League's best strikers ever. And it was a big call to say after such a short period of time, but I rate him that highly. And it's good to see someone from Ireland um, doing well in the Premier League as yeah. well. So, yeah, my, my best newcomer is, is Evan Ferguson. No, he definitely has the talent to reach the highest levels. Um, I'm going to go with a Brighton player as well and see. So, uh, watched him last night, lads. What a player, what a goal. Um, he scored two of the best goals in the Premier League this season last night and then against Chelsea. Yeah. Um, he plays a like, hybrid role. He can play in cam, centre forward. He can play on the wing. Just really good on the ball, good passer of the ball, four goals, two assists, 19 games. Uh, as we've said, like Brighton has just so many good young players. And, you know, it could have been, I would agree with Ferguson as well. We talked about him previously as well. But Nciso has been really, really good. A good balance. He's just, he's just got it all. And just crazy how Brighton keep recruiting these players, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, you know, it's just crazy. 100%. Um, my best newcomer I've gone for, um, Garnacho. Um Again, just I think one of those players that has absolutely lit up the Premier League this year. Um, he has uh, four goals um, and uh, three assists in the Premier League this year, so he really becoming involved in 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 the play this year. Um, I think he is probably out of the three players that we've talked about here. I think he's probably, in my opinion, I think he's the one that has the highest ceiling. Um, I I think that Garnacho could honestly be one of like world football's best players. Um, he, very similar to, obviously, Ronaldo. Um, same sort of skills, tricks, plays mm-hmm. out on, on the left-hand got side. Got the teeth done. Got the teeth done, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Went to Turkey. Um, got the hair done got as well. Got the hair done. Looking well. So I think he's, he's literally <laughs> trying to be a Ronaldo regen at the minute. Um, but, yeah, look, I've loved seeing him. And every time um, he plays for Man United, I just think he offers us something different, something that we don't have. Yeah. Um, and when he was out injured there um, from, at, at the middle of March till only really a week ago... I think we really, really missed him. And he's 18 years old, and yeah. we're, we're talking yeah. about an 18-year-old this way. So, yes, my best newcomer this season has been um, Alejandro Garnacho. Yeah. Even against Wolves, right. like when he came on, yeah. he made a difference. And I think next season could be a massive season for him yeah. because he, he does have the potential. Even against Fulham, just before the international break, he scored a big, or the World Cup, he scored a massive mm-hmm. goal. Mm-hmm. He has that potential. It's just going to be, hopefully he gets the game time next year and he gets to fit. I think Den Hag's managed him really, really well this yeah, year as well, definitely. considering at the start of the season... Obviously, they said about the uh, disciplinary issues with him, and he's kind of coached that out of him. And look, 
I know as Man United fans, we've probably f- been a bit frustrated when we haven't seen Garnacho in the starting lineup every week, whenever we probably think he deserves to be, but he's really nurturing his talent and making sure he's... He, he obviously knows at the minute that he's better off the bench, a better impact off the bench, and yeah, just like how Eric Den Hag's dealt with Garnacho this year. Yeah, yeah. definitely, lad, definitely. Um, our next category then is best old age pensioner. Um, <laughs> I say old age pensioner, obviously there's no pensioners playing in the Premier League, but we're looking at players here that are uh, the age of 31 or above. Um, and really, maybe players that look like they're at the twilight of their career or the back end of their career, but who have really surprised us this season. So, Horn, we'll kick off. Yeah, so I've went for someone who is the opposite of his namesake. I've went for the 38-year-old Ashley Young. Um a stalwart in Premier League football for years and years, minus that that stint at Inter Milan where he won the league. Um, he has been absolutely phenomenal for for Aston Villa yet again. Even since signing for Villa from United, he, he he's been really really good. But under Unai Emery, he's he's came back into the starting lineup a bit more. Um, even off the benches, um, his his uh, what he offers to Aston Villa has been brilliant. They're they're kind of fullbacks at the minute when they've got Moreno and they've got Ashley Young. Even coming off the bench, have been fantastic. Um. And yeah, 29 appearances at 38 years of age in, in probably the toughest league in the world, probably the most fast-paced league in the world. And potentially playing European football next season. Ashley Young's the, the best old-age pensioner, pensioner for me. Yeah, definitely had a great season. Um, there's actually a few players, but Thiago Silva's been really, really good this season. Obviously got injured and Chelsea have been terrible, but I'm going to go with Willian. 34 years of age, played 26 games, five goals for us. I don't know where this has came from because... When he signed for Fulham, I was thinking he was so bad at Arsenal. He was going to perform really poorly. But when you watch Fulham play, he is a standout. He is such a good player on the ball. His deliveries into the box. He assisted uh, at the weekend for Mitrovic. Uh, he probably would have better stats if Mitrovic didn't get that ban. But really, really good player. And I just, I was just shocked. I think he was one of the surprise packages. Like a 34 coming back into the Premier League after being so poor at Arsenal to step up and Fulham have had such a good season they're going to get top 10 just just really really key player for them and just he's just surprised me yeah look like we said before the episode started it would be easy to go for good like one. Gundogan or De Bruyne you mm-hmm. know or even like Kyle Walker or, or, or like that, Walker yeah. yeah but we wanted to try and make this as different as possible so and um, for mine I've gone Lewis Dunk um, I just think you know the way Bright- I keep talking about Brighton but I keep talking about Brighton because I really like deservedly him. yeah um I think Dunk has been one of the better defenders in the Premier League this year and I just think the journey that he's been on, you know, having been at Brighton really all his life, um, club captain, um, the way he has gone through the leagues, he got promoted to the Premier League and now he's going to be playing in European football. I just, I love the story to be honest and um, I just think in terms of Brighton's defence, I think he is Brighton's best centre-back, obviously. Um, he is a leader on the pitch, very comfortable on the ball, really suits that, that sort of progressive style of football, and I, I think that uh, Lewis Dunk's been the best old-age transfer this year. Well, like Deserby said it as well, he was like, he couldn't believe he hadn't played for England yet. Yeah, He's like, he is so good. He kind of was like, how has he not played for a bigger club? How has somebody not took a... Just took just a punt on, on him, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. He is, he's a really underrated player as well. Yeah. Uh, so moving on to um, our next category, which is the most overrated player in the Premier League. I'm sure this is going to cause controversy between <laughs> yeah. uh, sets of fans, yeah. maybe <laughs> whoever listens to us. But um, yeah, Orn, who's your most overrated player this season? Um, well, I had two, um, but I've narrowed it down to one. And the two I had were actually Ukrainian. Um, so one of them was Alexander Sanchenko, but the one I'm going for is Mikhailo Mudrik. Um, £100 million spent on, on a player who... Really didn't have much experience, even for Shakhtar. Um, and it was just a bidding war between Chelsea and Arsenal that bumped his price up so high. Um, zero goals and two assists in uh, 14 appearances so far for Chelsea. He really, really has not been good. And that's in the Premier League. He played two Champions League games as well. Made no impact in either of them as well. And uh, to top it all off, this week he's been called out by Joey Swole for being <laughs> insensitive in the gym. So... Yeah, he, he, he's overrated, in my opinion. <laughs> so, <laughs> I would agree with that too, yeah. Uh, so, my overrated player would be Raheem Sterling. 45 million, the bottom from City, and he's just had a really, really poor season. Uh, I think, I just can't believe he's still in the, a little, well, he's not in this next England squad, but he's kind of getting arrested for Southgate, but he's still in his plans. I just think, he, I even thought it said he was overrated. Obviously, he's got over 100 Premier League goals, but 
you know, when you're playing that City team, you get so many chances. And I, he's not even a good finisher. He's not a great dribbler of the ball. Uh, he's just he, he would score the odd goal. I just just someone that just has really underperformed this season, and it just shows once he left City, it's just so much more difficult going to a team like Chelsea. He has to step up, and he has not stood up at all. He has six goals this season, but as you boys know, like watching him play, he just doesn't do. He does very little. He scored a few goals there a few weeks ago against Forest, but I just think I think he's been overrated for a while, to be honest. Mm. Uh I've gone for Thiago of Liverpool. Um, I think I, there's a number of Liverpool players I could have went for this season, to be honest. They've been poor as well. Um, but the reason I'm going Thiago is just... Uh, I know that every uh, club in, in the league has their bad set of supporters, especially on social media, but the Liverpool ones I just can't stand the most. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they constantly rant and rave about <coughs> Thiago. And don't get me wrong, when he plays, he is an excellent footballer. But he maybe only plays 12 or 13 times a season. Mm, yeah. The man spends more time on the injury table than, than most players in the Premier League. So that's why I, I just I think it, like Liverpool fans talk about him as one of the best midfielders in world football. But he's never available. Yeah, and, and if yeah. you're never available, like availability is the best trade in a player. And he doesn't have it. So that's why I think he's overrated, to be honest. I don't think it's, he's actually overrated in terms of his football ability. Mm-hmm. But his, what he gives to Liverpool is basically nothing to yeah, be honest yeah. from what he could give to Liverpool exactly yeah. used to be do you remember like the finger pointing he always used to yeah. do that and he scored like according to Liverpool fans he scored the best goal ever the goal against Porto it was ridiculous it was ridiculous but I would agree with you I think he's not fit enough he never plays so he does have the talent obviously he was at Bayern Munich um, and Barcelona and Barcelona so obviously on the ball he's unbelievable mm-hmm. but he's just never fit so I would agree with that he is overrated uh, so natural progression then Going from under overrated to underrated, yeah. uh, so we're just looking at a player who has had maybe a bit of an underrated season has gone a wee bit un- unappreciated. Yeah, so I went for Andreas Pereira of Fulham. Um, this is a player who I always loved at Manchester United, even though he wasn't great to be honest. Um, but I do feel like a lot of that was because he was being played out of position. Um, but now he's be- he's being played in his, his natural number ten role. Um, he was signed for ten million pounds, which at the time. I would have bit the hand off Fulham for £10 million, to be honest, and it, it was crazy. It was crazy. I was thinking this is mad money for Andreas Pereira, um, but an investment that has really, really worked out for Fulham. He has been a catalyst, much like we've talked about with Jay Polina and Willian. Um, he has been a catalyst in getting Fulham um, to their top finish uh, this year. Um, and, yeah, he, he, he's, he's just been brilliant. Behind Mitrovic especially, he's been fantastic. And like you said about Willian, I think if Mitrovic hadn't got that ban, I think in terms of stats... Andres Pereira would have had a bit more. Um, but he got yeah. injured as well there yeah. a few weeks ago. So. Yeah, he's, he's and it's a big must. Too. It shows it. It yeah. shows it. Um, it, it. I think it would have been different if Fulham were uh, competing against or battling relegation. But because they were quite safe, I think, missing Andres Pereira, they got away with it. Mm. But if, if they had been uh, fighting relegation and Andres Pereira playing the way he did play all season, um, they could have really, really struggled. But um, yeah, my underrated player is Andres Pereira and... Fair play to him because he got a lot of stick from not just United fans but uh, English fans in general. Um, and I think he deserves the recognition that, that he gets this year. No, definitely. I, I never rated him, to be fair, but this season he has been brilliant. Um, so I went with a Fulham player too. I went with Tete, uh, right back. He's played 30 games this year. He's five assists. Defensively, he's very good. He's just a player that's kind of went under the radar. Uh, he's 27. He's Dutch. Uh, he's he's really good passer. Obviously getting five assists as well. Shows that defensively he's very good as well. Anytime I look at like match reports or anything for Fulham, he's always one of their highest rated players for that game. I, I just think he is severely underrated and a player that under Marco Silva has been brilliant. A player that played in the championship with them last year and now has stepped up to the Premier League and not looked out of place. Yeah, I, I agree with both of these, by the way, lads. I think they're both good picks. Um, for myself personally, I've gone uh, Brian and Burmo of uh, Brentford. I think Brentford, uh, just uh, like Fulham, have had an excellent season mm-hmm. this year. Um, have really stamped themselves sort of in that in that top ten of the Premier League, and and deservedly so, to be honest. And um, with the football that they play, um, and I, I think a key part is I think a lot of people, obviously Tony being the main man at. at uh, Brentford I think a lot of those Brentford players go overlooked because of how good Tony is and I think the, the one that goes overlooked the most is Brandon Burmo um, 
I think with the ball at his feet, he is excellent. Uh, he's very, very fast, r really deceptively fast, to be honest. Um, and and he just, I think, what he gives Brentford um, that Tony doesn't is he gives you that ability to beat a man with the ball at your feet. He's a very skillful player. Um, he, he has been involved in double digits in, in goals this season, and I I just think that's a real testament to him, considering he is sort of the the second striker or the, the second attacker yeah. in, in that unit. So my underrated player is uh, Brian and Barmo of Brentford. Yeah, Definitely. he's brilliant. He steps up when it matters. Yeah. Um, and as you say, Brentford have a load of players like that there. Ben Mee would have been a brilliant shout as well for mm -hmm. underrated player of the season. He's been fantastic. He, yeah. he links up so well with Tony. And then as we've seen there at the weekend, he stood up against Tottenham away from home. Yeah. Got two goals. Really, really good player. And yeah. severely underrated, yeah. Um, so moving on to our surprise package. So for the folks at home, our surprise package can either be a player um, and how they performed this season, or it could be um, a team this season. Um, so Orn, you want to kick us off? Yeah. So my surprise package of the year um, is Callum Wilson, um, a player who is usually on the injury table. We all know his quality. We spoke about him on the, on the Premier League podcast as well. Eighteen goals and five assists in the Premier League this year for for Newcastle. Ridiculous numbers. Ridiculous numbers for a striker that is often overlooked by England squad and probably shouldn't be um, but he has made it into the England squad again um, and yeah he's playing his best football under Eddie Howe um, as, he, as he did at Bournemouth as well um, he's been vital in, in Newcastle reaching Champions League football for the first time in 20 years his link up with Alexander Isaac I think at the start of the year whenever Alexander Isaac was signed for 70 million everybody was thinking oh Cal Wilson doesn't have a look in in this team but he's forced his way into the team whether it be playing as a left winger or playing up front and in fact even in the last few games, he's forced Isaac, who was their big money striker, to be playing on the left wing. Um, shows how it's a testament to his his football and ability and his recent form, especially. Um, so my surprise package has been Callum Wilson. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, surprise package, obviously Newcastle would be an easy one, but I'm going to go with Bournemouth because I think we all predicted they would go down, yeah. and I they got beat nine 0 to Liverpool. Scott Parker left. Gary O'Neill comes in. You're like they have no chance. Uh, and the stead up, you know, some players have stepped up like Nato and Nets, and uh, they have Solanke. obviously Solanke, Belling, Lerma. They've really stood up for them. Uh, they've conceded actually like second most goals in like seventy goals, which is crazy. But they play some good football as well. Uh, I seen they put up on their their social media about the, all the predictions. Everybody predicted, oh, there's no chance they're down. All the you know all the YouTubers and stuff. But I, I can't believe the stead up, but. Credit to them and credit to Gary O'Neill. I think Solanke especially has been brilliant this season and a player that I actually thought was terrible because at Liverpool I was like, how did they get so much money from him for him from Bournemouth? But he stood up and Bournemouth for play the the stayed up now and it'll be good to see what they do next season. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I agree with both these lads. I think they're both good picks. Um, so I actually had Rashford down as my surprise package, but I'm actually going to change it now mm -hmm. that we're sitting talking. I'm going to keep it Man United though. Um, I'm going to go Juan Bissaka. Um, I think Juan Bissaka this season has really revitalised his career. This was a player that I could not understand why Man United didn't sell in the summer. Yeah. Um, couldn't understand why they just wouldn't cash in on him. Uh, brutal last season, like a lot of Man United players, yeah. to be honest. But I really thought his days at Old Trafford were numbered. But for whatever reason, Ten Hag just manages to take these forgotten players and can give them elite coaching and turn them into almost world beaters like you know wan has been really really good this season I can't get over how much he's improved while he's on the ball um, still can't cross a ball for shake mind you yeah, yeah. and I don't think he ever will be able no, to God love him um, <laughs> but he has been so much better this season even like I know one-on-one -on -one defending, he was always excellent but the one thing I hated about his defendability was he was always he always lost like his position was always poor. Like he would always lose oh, him yeah. on at the back post, at yeah. the back post or whatever. But I think that's even improved this season. Yeah. I really, really do like Wambasaka. And if United didn't sign a full back this season and just had Dallow and Wambasaka's rotation at right back next year, I'd, I'd be happy enough to be honest. Like, yeah. so I, I'm going to go Wambasaka as my surprise package. Good choice, especially as he looked like he was going to be leaving in the summer, and it looked right. like Ten Hag was kind of like even in January he was yeah. calm. Yeah, he was Ten Hag was kind of out on him, but he improved in January since the World Cup and. He has been really good for United. Defensively, never been a question. It's just 
if you could just improve a wee bit across and it'd be nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, moving it on then, lads, to our um, underachiever of the season. Um, so this is maybe just a player or a team um, that just ha- haven't performed to the levels that they were expected to do um, this season. Yeah, so I've went for a team for my underachiever. I've went for Chelsea. Um, pretty obvious one. Um, an awful, awful finish for Chelsea where even as much as two weeks ago it was still mathematically possible for them to get relegated and it wasn't out of the realms of possibility for them to be in that relegation struggle. Um, £600 million spent um, since Todd Bowley has come in. Um, three managers since Todd Bowley has come in. It is awful and Pochettino has a huge, huge job on his hands and better him than me because I wouldn't be walking into that atmosphere. I wouldn't want to be the man keep, uh, that has to make the decisions um, on the wage bill and whatever at Chelsea. Um, yeah, it's just been absolutely horrifying for them um, out of every competition, um, fighting for nothing this year. And even in January, having spent so much on the likes of Mudrick, on uh, Joe Felix's loan, on Enzo Fernandez, and no improvement whatsoever. Um, and then it showed really their ambition towards the end of the season. I know it's tough to get managers in and stuff, but. Bringing back Frank Lampard on an interim basis, I think, was an awful... Uh, what was the point in getting rid of Graham Potter if you were just going to do that? Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Chelsea have been horrible this season. and Yeah, they're the underachiever because they should have been competing, Not maybe not for the league, but definitely for top four. No, I definitely agree. 15 losses in the Premier League, and a lot of people would have had them in their top four at yeah. the start of the year. So I'm going to go for a team as well, and I'm going to go for Liverpool. It's just more their expectation as well. They wouldn't even have been... They would have been like everybody would have guaranteed top four for them. They would have been title contenders. But to have fallen from a team that came a point off City in the league and really nearly won it. They were Obviously City were 2-0 down last game. And a team that was in the Champions League final. To now a team that's sitting fifth in the league. And they're actually very lucky to be fifth. It's In most recent times, they're, they've picked up a bit of form. They won seven games in a row. You know, they bought Nunes in the summer... Big things were expected of him. He hasn't really been as good as you know he should be. Uh, for Liverpool as well, they didn't really, in the summer as well, they didn't put money into their midfield, which has cost them because their midfield this, or this year, as we've said every week, has been dreadful. So I, th- I just think a team that was second in the league, you know, over 90 points, and a team that was in the Champions League final to be sitting fifth in the Europa League spot is just a huge, huge disappointment. 100% it is. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, I, I agreed, lads. Um, I think both, both her packs are correct there. The Chelsea and Liverpool have both been awful this season. And, like, that's not even us being biased. Like, it's... Fact. It, it's fact. It's fact, yeah. it's fact. They've both been crap this year. Yeah. Like, there's no two ways about it. Um, my underachiever, I've actually gone for a player. Um, I've gone for Kim Son this season. I think, um, similar to, like, Chelsea and Liverpool, obviously, you know, so much was expected of Son this year at Spurs. He is a world-class talent. And, just hasn't shown that this year. I don't know for for what reason, or I, I can't even really explain it. I don't know why he's been so poor this year, but he's only really seemed to turn up in like spurts of five or ten minutes. Um, and his numbers are still fairly okay. Um, he, like he has still scored. Um, his nine goals in the league, so he hasn't quite hit the double digits, but um, it's still all right. But I think just because so much was expected of him, and because he was, he uh, like he, he would have been in the Premier League team of the season last year. Has the golden been, boat, our golden boot winner go, last year. Yeah, joint golden boot winner. When so much is expected of you, <laughs> golden boat, the golden, golden boat, boat. boat. <laughs> oh, <my> Jesus, <laughs> the golden boats and hose. Um, <laughs> yeah, when whenever so much is expected of you, and you are a world class player, to to have you know a, a single digit goal scoring season in the Premier League is. Not great to be honest. So my underachiever this season is uh, Hyunmin Son, but I do hope that he gets back to to yeah. what he was previously. If if not for my sake, at least for Ashin's sake, because I think he's ready to pull it around <laughs> at this stage. No, definitely like a player that has been consistently a top player in the Premier League, as you said, team of the season, golden boat winner. Um, <laughs> just a top player. He just needs. It seems to be he's more like a confidence player. So if if a new manager comes in and he gets that confidence back, I, I'd say he'll reach his potential again. Hmm. And the final category of uh, today's episode is our moment of the season. So this could be a goal, something that happened in the Premier League. Um, yeah, just your favourite moment this this season, really. Yeah, I went for a personal moment. Um, so it was, it is best, of course. Um, it's a Manchester United goal, and it's it's actually Anthony's debut goal. Um, look, I know Anthony has a lot of 
criticism that comes his way all season or whatever, and it of, it does come with a price tag and underperformances in recent times as well. However, I I was ecstatic when he came on um, and and scored in, in his debut um, against Arsenal in such a crucial game. Um, it was Arsenal's first loss to the, first loss of the season, and it was at Old Trafford. And um, the game itself, the Old Trafford was absolutely bouncing. Um, I was away on holiday. I was watching it and. I was going absolutely nuts, and it wasn't even the goal itself because his goal was quite a mediocre finish. It was, don't get me wrong, a good finish, but it was, it wasn't like a world-beating goal like some of the goals we've seen in the Premier League. But it was his, his celebration where he grabbed the badge and he started kissing the badge and all, and I was just like, oh, he's fucking it. He is it. I thought this fella is gonna romp the Premier League, and he did. Um, and you're right, he yeah, did. He, did. he fucking he gets us all off our feet, but, yeah, um, every week. Oh, bollocks to him. But <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I do think that he's going to come really, really good. But yeah, um, he, he got my hopes up like real bad at the start of the season <laughs> whenever he scored that goal and uh, didn't turn out the way I was expecting it, to tell you the truth. But unreal. Yeah. Unreal. Even still watching it back, fuck, I get goosebumps. Basically. It was it was definitely a good moment this season. Um, I was actually in Red Nets watching it. I nearly got in a fight with some fella right. in the corner. So <laughs> <laughs> He kept having to go up me. I was like, hmm, I don't think so. <laughs> um, and again, that was over something stupid. Uh, that was over the Odegaard and Erickson incident earlier on oh, when, oh, when Martinelli's goal had yeah, been ruled out. Um, he was just screaming all over the pub, like, that's no fucking fight and all. And that lad had a few pints and <laughs> I just couldn't keep quiet, to be honest. But yes, I do I remember the goal because um, I remember when Anthony scored the goal, I fucking jumped up out of my seat and straight into his face and, <laughs> and let him have one. <laughs> Um, definitely a good moment this season. I think, yeah, definitely got us all excited, but he is shit. Um, oh, no, he's not, lad. No, he's not. He's okay. <laughs> he's not shit. Um, oh, but he's us, us, us per. Yeah, he's a bit shit, to be honest. Oh, that's per, lad. Yeah, he's per. He's a straight player, like. He might be worse than Sancho, to be yeah, honest. he's frustrating. Like. Are you kidding me? I give him another oh. year, though. We give him one more year. That's mad. I genuinely, lad, I think he might be worse than Sancho, like. That's no, lad. He's one of our lad, he's in, in terms shots. of attacking threats. He's, Hi, them he's long shots, long shots. Them P, them P rollers that go right into the fucking keeper's <laughs> hand. No, that's, that's oh, I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that. You've had such a go at me for saying about Jack Grealish, and you're saying he's shit. No, I'm not saying he's shit. I think he's done okay, but this is first season, so I'll give him a pass. I don't think he's worse than Sancho. I am not a fan of Sancho. Yeah. Really, I'm not a fan of Sancho, but. As you said, like after he scored that goal, I was expecting big, big things. Yeah, just course. hasn't really worked out. But well, it was down to the club as well at the start of the yeah. season, or at the start of yeah, the season. No, we could have got him for forty million and right. recruitment as well. Yeah, we should have got him in earlier too. Yeah, got him in earlier. Maybe even if you get him for forty million, spot sign him. No, it's not. I think it is. Wow, that's that's mad to be honest. But anyway, there we go. So because <laughs> I'll fucking crack up. <laughs> <laughs> so my moment of the season again is biased because it's United and it was the goal against City uh, to make it two one. Granacho skinning Aki and he just turned him and then getting the ball in. It wasn't a great goal either, let's be honest, lads. But Rashford stuck it in the net and I was in Berlin and beside my mate who's a City fan and I screamed in his face also. <laughs> uh, and he was still raging after the first goal. The you know the one that uh, Rashford made the run and didn't he was just just cheats and all this here. <laughs> I was just like, oh, all the charges against you, you're calling us cheats. <laughs> but um, it was a big moment because you're kind of like, I know you boys, you boys were like, we could go for the league here now. Yeah. Um, it was a big moment in the season. I th- three points that we needed as well. Uh, it was just, it was just amazing. It was just a celebration. Anthony one was good too, beating Arsenal obviously, but that would be my moment of the season because beating your rivals is it's all sweet. Yeah, ecstasy is United one when that goal went in. Yeah. Mm. Definitely. And City, City since then have only lost like one game, maybe. I yeah. think it was to Tottenham. So it was, it was a good win. Yeah. I was in work serving a customer and I had the, my phone <laughs> like up beside me. And every customer that would come up, they'd be yeah. like, oh, well, what are you watching? <laughs> like, oh, United and City. And I remember when the goal, when the, the goal went in, I was like serving some old lady and I fucking, what? Fucking <laughs> <laughs> went nuts near, near centre fucking bottle of gin flat. <laughs> Um, my moment of the season, um, it literally only happened there last night. Um, 
and again, I probably sound like a fucking Brighton supporter in, in this episode, <laughs> but um, I've gone for Enciso's goal last night. I think just the goal that I sent them to European football for the first time in the club's history. I, I just, I like, I always love stories like that. I think only football can deliver sort of feel good stories like that there, and like the way to do it, like the goal. I, I think it's probably gonna be goal of the season. It was ridiculous. What a hit! Like, I mean, we were all sitting chatting. You sort of had one eye on the game. We were all sitting chatting, and then next thing you just went. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I said he should have passed. I know Dorman oh, yeah, shot a ball in the top corner, rifled it, <laughs> rifled it couldn't in. get better in the top corner. Literally, as, as top bins as, yeah. as you will see. Um, so yeah, my moment of the season is um, in Cixos goal. So that is going to do it for our end of the season um, awards episode. And um, we hope you've enjoyed. If you have agreed or disagreed with any of our picks, please let us know. And I'm sure you've probably disagreed with quite a few of them, to be honest. Um, yeah. Uh, as always, uh, you can find us on the Parlay Sports app. That's P-R-L-Y Sports on the Apple App Store. Um, if you haven't already, please check out our episode that came out on Monday about racism. Um, that's a very important topic that we wanted to, co- to cover on the bottom bin, so check that out. As well, please go and check out our latest Premier League episode that um, came out on Wednesday. Um, again, these are our first three video podcasts, so we wanted to see really how they went, and we think they've went pretty good. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, our uh, handle on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok is at Bon Ben's Pod, so please shoot on over there and give us a follow. And as always, keep a bottom bins. Keep a bottom bins. Keep a bottom bins. <laughs>